to the Better Man Sports Betting Podcast. I'm the host, Adam the Fade Grice, a betting professional, handicapper and former sportsbook odds setter. On the Better Man Podcast, you can expect to hear obscure betting trends, the baddest beats we've found from the week, pros versus Joes, betting by numbers, bet percentages and money percentages. On the Better Man Podcast, we want to give you the edge to be a better better. Before we start today's podcast, I'd like to do a quick shout out to our main sponsor, BetChimps.com, a place where you can go to get all your sports betting needs, news, information, as well as picks and packages. These guys have been around since 2013, are transparent and honest, and they are one of the leaders of the industry. That website again is BetChimps.com. Another shout out thanks here to our second sponsor, The Fade Productions. TheFadePro.com is a place where you can get all your photography and videography needs all in one place. They have great package deals, bundles, and Photoshop brushes. That website, again, is thefadepro.com. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome into the Conference Playoff Better Man podcast here. This is going to be a little bit of a different setup this week because we aren't really going to be focusing on the pros and joes because at this time of the season, there's a limited sample size for people to spread their money around on. And things like bet percentages and joe money doesn't really mean anything at all because... Uh, any random person can sway a money value and any random Joe can put a bunch of bets on something they like just because it's their team. So the data that's collected isn't really a true reflection of how things will play out. With that said, with the two games we have left, we have the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals and we also have the Los Angeles Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers at SoFi Stadium in what could be a 49ers takeover due to the population of 49ers fans in that area. Now, what we're thinking of here in the first game, which is the AFC game, we're going to be looking at the number at the moment, which is the minus or plus seven right now, so a one-score spread. This is a rather interesting spot. I mean, you've got Joe Burrow coming off a week where he managed to squeak out a win against a better side. Uh, He got sacked nine times that offensive line just looks atrocious there's really not much on the back end for the Bengals even though they get they did get three interceptions last week those three interceptions were mostly on the play calling with Todd Downing being one of the worst offensive coordinators in the NFL Um, we're looking here at the possible matchups on the outside which means you've got Tyreek Hill that's going to burn past these relatively slow safeties for the Bengals The Bengals don't really have much of a pass rush outside of Hendrickson. So I don't really know where they're going to be getting the pressure on Patrick Mahomes here to try and force a mistake. And if Patrick Mahomes is allowed to sit there all day, he's going to pick you to pieces. We saw already that the Bengals did get the win against the Chiefs earlier in the regular season. What happened in that game was that there was a lot of, let's say, flagrant flags that went in the in the favour of the Bengals. And, I mean, the Bengals have been getting very lucky. They got very lucky with bad officiating in the first game against the Raiders. Then they got lucky again with some very bad officiating in the Titans game. I don't think they're going to get the same breaks of luck this time against the, the Chiefs because they got an egregious flag that got them back into the game on multiple third-down situations in the last matchup between these two, so I don't think the refs are going to be throwing those flags again in this scenario. If you're taking a one-for-one stance at who's the better quarterback, as of right now, it's Patrick Mahomes. As good as Joe Burrow is and can play, his offensive line is very limiting to what he can achieve. 
where the Chiefs hit home runs out of the park in the last draft with their centre possibly coming in as a rookie and being the best centre in the NFL. It's just unheard of. He's graded out as such as the best centre in football right now. It's just nuts. Um, and they still have the anchors on the left-hand side of their offensive line in, in Duvernay and uh, I believe... It's not Fisher. Fisher's nowhere to be seen. I can't remember the, uh, the name off the top of my head right now. But the left side of the Chiefs line is just an absolute wall, especially with this rookie centre that's come through in the middle. It's it's phenomenal what they've been able to do to rebuild this line after sending uh, some talented players away to save some cap space. And they needed to hit home runs because of the tightness of their cap space and the need to sign their left tackle and left guard in the off-season. So they've done very well. Andrew Reid, if you're looking at it on a coach-to-coach level two, Eric... Uh, Andy Reid is a far better coach than Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor might come into his own in a couple of years. He has the talent that he's got drafted and put together on this Bengals roster that's going to be exciting for years to come. So the uh, the jungle's got a reason to roar at the moment. It's not, it's not been so great over the last 25 to 30 years, but they've got something to roar about now. And you've got probably a real one of the most underrated coaching staffs in the AFC right now, which is for the Bengals, because it's so relatively young. Andy Reid, on the other hand, he's the godfather of offensive football in the NFL. He's been one of the best coaches for a very long time now. Getting himself a second Super Bowl is just going to be the icing on the cake for him after fighting for one for so long and finally getting it. I think he wants to get more. With how good he is as an offensive coach and finally the league shifting towards a focus on offense, that puts Andy Reid in a really good spot. And he's got the talent on this Chiefs roster to be a perennial contender at the end of the season. We're not talking dynasties just yet, but, I mean, if you look at the numbers, Patrick Mahomes, four years as a starter now, he's been to the AFC Championship game three of those four, year ga- three of those four years. Uh, yeah, there's not really, not really anything negative you can say about the Chiefs outside of their run game being rather lacklustre, which is probably something they'll look to improve on this off-season, it wouldn't shock me if they try and get Dante Foreman, who'll be a Freeman. Freeman. A free agent. Um, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire isn't the answer. He's, he's shown it. He's not that good. And I think Darrell Williams is only good as a scat back for the Chiefs. So if the uh, Bengals wanted to play this smart, they'd just sit in coverage for most of the game and try to blanket all the, blanket all of the targets because they really don't have to be scared of this run game. There's nothing to it. People are thinking that this is going to be a really high-scoring game. While the Bengals were able to get over the top of the Chiefs in the last game, I don't see them being able to do it again. I mean, the Chiefs could quite happily punch out 40 points by themselves. This game probably has the earmark of something around that 47 to 50-point total, and that's about where the total is sitting now. It's been moving up and down. 48.5 was what I saw at the last point of uh, interest. I don't really like that number. I think that's right about where I have this game. I had this game written down as a 31-17 win for the Chiefs in this one. I think this isn't going to be close to that seven-point spread. I think there's going to be a lot of suckers betting on Burrows because he's the it guy for the NFL right now. And I think as much as the NFL people are having their fill with the surrounding pieces of Patrick Mahomes and his brother Jackson and his partner Brittany, it doesn't really matter because Patrick's play on the field is just outstanding. I mean, they checked his heart rate monitor in the last game against the Bills. The only time that his heart was actually racing was when he wasn't on the field. 
One of his lowest heart rates recorded was when he was out on the field with 13 seconds left in the game to tie it. That just lets you know how cool this kid is under pressure. I've, I've, I've had a few digs at him throughout the season about the way that he plays sometimes, his mechanics, how sometimes he can be put out of the way that he plays by defence if it plays a certain way. But the Bengals don't have the personnel to have that defence play that certain way that's required for Mahomes to struggle. Now, if he was up against the Titans, it might have been something different because they have a bit of a quicker rush and it can get in the backfield a lot quicker than what the Bengals can. The Bengals are more of a, a power, power rush defense, and it's just not really going to form out too well when you have a power-blocking offensive line that's better on paper than the defensive line of the Bengals. I think all those little bits and pieces that went in the favor of the Bengals won't happen this time. They may get the one big bomb to, to chase in this one. Who knows? I mean, you take that slip up by Fulton off off the board last week and Jamar Chase has a relatively quiet game because Fulton took the wrong line after a short pass inside. Chase made the most of a bad pass, cut inside and took it 50, 54 yards or something like that. So if you take that one slip by a rookie cornerback out of the play for the Bengals, that's minus three points as well as minus 54 yards for Chase who would have ended on, I think it would have been a total of 62 yards after that. So that one play really just gave him a big day. Now, if you're asking me where I'm looking at this, for me, I'm, I'm staring down the Chiefs here. I think you've got in this position, you have to take the better quarterback with the better artillery, the better offensive line, the better defensive line, the better corners, and the team with, I wouldn't say the better safeties, if Tyria Matthew, the honey badger, is still banged up, because Jesse Bates is actually a top-level safety that nobody really talks about, just because he's on the Bengals. He's a bit of a turnover magnet. He's also very good at getting wrap-up tackles. So in one-on-one -on -one open field situations, I'd take Bates over any of the running backs on the Chiefs roster. Probably also take Bates over uh, Tyreek Hill as well in a one-on-one -on -one situation. He's a very good wrap-up tackler. He's not an arm tackler, which is what you want for somebody who's a safety because you know when they get in the hands of that safety, then the man's going down. Um, another thing to look at in this game is how is Tyreek Hill's heel going? Because his heel, even though they won big, well, they didn't win big last week, but they won a big in a big situation last week, Tyreek Hill was, I'd say he was still, he got to his normal self, but he started off a bit slow. I think he may have got the old shot halfway through the game. His heel, I think it's still bothering him, but I don't think it's enough to really throw him off his game. I see this being a very quick start for the Chiefs, even if they don't get the ball first. I think that the, Bur the Burroughs experience has really hit its peak now. Everybody knows that Burroughs are the real deal. He's an elite quarterback when he's under pressure. He can take a beating, but I think this is just a bit too much for him and the inexperience on the coaching staff for the Bengals here. I can't really see a world in which the Bengals are going to come in here and put up 30 points. I mean, the Chiefs' defence isn't elite, but it's good enough to hold them to 20 points or less. I, th I think this is a real 17-2 score and a field goal kind of game for the Bengals here. I don't really see them going 24, 28, 30 here. I think the Chiefs aren't going to slow the game down, though. That could be the one risk factor for the Bengals getting more chances to score because of the fact that the Chiefs don't really have a top-level running game. Now... I think Kelsey's going to be a big factor here because they don't really have anybody strong enough across the linebacking court to stay on Kelsey or take him out of the game plan. I think he's probably going to get a good 60 to 70 yards in this game, maybe or five to six catches and possibly a score. 
I have him down as my anytime touchdown scorer in this match, as I do love me big man, Toddy. Everybody knows this. That's how it's been going throughout the season. Dawson Knox has been a touchdown magnet for me throughout the, the, this season. Good value too. Travis Kelsey here, I believe, is going to be the one of the better options in short yardage situations for Mahomes. And I think he's going to get over the lines. Um, uh, Travis Kelsey here for me to score, as well as the Chiefs to cover that minus seven. I think they win this game by 10, maybe 13. And I think that with the 48 and a half, I'm, I'm probably going to lean more towards the over. I think just because if the Bengals can get in that 50 to 55-yard field goal range at some point, they'll take it because they know McPherson's a good kicker. Points are a premium object in the uh, playoff finals. I still to this day don't know why the Titans didn't take the one and then the three. They would have won the game by a point if they did that. It's the playoffs. It's not the regular season. You can probably make up a missed missed extra point in the regular season with a two-pointer, but no, not in the playoffs. You just take the points that are on offer. It's, it's silly if you don't. Now, moving on to the next game here, that's going to be the Rams and the 49ers, and boy, is this one going to be a doozy. We have a coach there in Kyle Shanahan who runs out with a 6-0 record all-time against Sean McVay. You have a fun statistic here in the playoffs, which is... A team that has beaten its playoff opponent 2-0 in the regular season holds a 14-7 win record straight up against that same opponent in the playoffs. The only thing going against that figure is that three wins and five losses has come from the road team. So the 49ers here are just that feisty, dirty side that gets in your face and never goes away. Do I think that's going to be a problem here for Stafford? Yes, of course I do, because that front four from the 49ers is just nasty. Nick Bosa is really finding himself here this season. He's just been elite by every single measurable. I still don't know how he didn't make All-Pro. It's It's been nuts. I just... I don't know what's going on here, but Nick Bosa should have been spoken about more in the MVP race, the things he's achieved this season, things he's done this season, the way that he's just shut down offences times single-handedly. He's done it by himself. He's just been an absolute menace, and this Rams offensive line has shown that if you get physical with them at the point of attack, that they tend to fold like an old lawn chair. We saw it when they played against the... We saw it when they played against the 49ers last time. We saw it when they played against the Titans. We saw it when you know they played against any team that had a quality, physical bully front four. They were able to open up gaps and they were able to shoot those gaps, which put pressure on Matt Stafford, and Matt Stafford made really bad decisions under pressure. That's been the earmark of Matt Stafford's career, is making mistakes under pressure. Do the 49ers have the ability to generate enough pressure to get after Stafford of course they do they've got Nick Bosa, they've got Fred Warner they've got speed on the outside, they've got some quick quick corners that can come in on a surprise corner blitz um, I mean the corners for the 49ers are just dreadful so if the, the, the Rams are able to pass and have enough time to do it, then there is a good chance that they'll be able to get a good foothold on this match and put up some points Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't, because I think this defense from the 49ers is that good at generating a pass rush that they're not going to have all day in the pocket to pass. The 49ers would love to see Cam Akers between 18 and 22 times a game because 
if he runs like he did in the last game with two fumbles and lets the, lets the other team back into the game when it was all said and done, the 49ers will feast on that. They are one of the most prolific teams at scoring off a turnover that didn't result in a touchdown. It's, it's phenomenal how this statistic is so heavily skewed at the 49ers being the most efficient team with the ball on a turnover. Jimmy G, when he's under pressure, I'd say he's got a cooler head than Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford has historically in his career crumbled under pressure. He's even crumbled under pressure when he had a 17-point lead for the Lions to get them back into the playoffs. We ended up losing in overtime to the Jets. So Stafford historically has not really stood the test of time when it comes to pressure. Jimmy Garoppolo had a terrible game last week, but you know the team still finds a way to win. Do I think they're going to hold the Rams to 10 points, 13 points, 16 points? No, I think the Rams probably have about 24 points in them this game. That means that the uh, the 49ers are going to have to get about 27 points here. and They do have the offensive pieces to do that because Debo Samuel is just an absolute dynamic machine of a football player. He's one of the most exciting players to watch and he just plays in any position needed. And I think that's going to be enough to throw the defensive planning out the window for the 49, uh, for the Rams because they just don't know where he's going to be, how he's going to be utilised. I don't think Kittle's going to be such a big factor in this game because the linebacking group from the, from the Rams is actually rather good against tight ends and Kittle's not really been much of a factor since he had those two massive games towards the end of the regular season. I think Brandon Ayuk coming out of the slot is going to be a key here. And if they're able to get Ayuk out of the slot and have favourable matchups because the Rams have been terrible against slot receivers throughout the regular season as well as in the playoffs, then there's a big chance here that the 49ers can win this game. I like the plus three and a half on the on the 49ers in this game. I really just don't trust Stafford in big pressure situations. Um Cam Akers as well has shown that he's not very good at holding on to his bag. So I think that we've got to put in a couple of negative factors. The fact that Stafford turns the ball over under pressure. The fact that Cam Akers has turned the ball over a bit too much. And I think that we're going to lick, hit this hit this plus three and a half for the 49ers. I think that's the right play to make here. The personnel matchups for the 49ers defence. While the cornerback situation isn't great, the other pieces are perfect. I think that the lack of intensity and physicality from the Rams offensive line is going to come back to bite them in this game because you have one of the most bullying, one of the most marauding and one of the most physical defensive lines coming out of the NFC. This is an NFC West duel for a Super Bowl spot. Now it's easy to say that the NFC West is the best division in football because it is. These guys play each other two times a season and they become so hardened from it that they just don't get phased by problems by the, by the playoffs. They, they know that they're playing against the best already and when they have to go and play another team somewhere else, it doesn't really bother them because they know that they've stood a stronger test already and the 49ers, in this case, have won both times and I feel that the 49ers here, if Jimmy Garoppolo can just play a clean game, they're a good chance to win this one outright. And what do we think about the fan dispersion when it comes to these two teams? I think when you're talking about Los Angeles, it's uh, going to be pretty... Pretty heavy on red shirt influence in that stadium. I think you're going to see a lot of 49ers fans humming around. It's a very interesting game, this one. I think for me, where I'm going to lean in this one, I'm going to be taking the 49ers on the plus three and a half with a bit of a sprinkle on the money line because there's good value in it. 
I'm going to take the under-listed 47.5 right now. I think it's probably going to go up because there's a lot of people that are actually investing in the over-total here. I just don't like it myself. I think it's going to be a physical punch-for-punch punch kind of game. Maybe I said 24-27 last. I think if we're being honest, I'm, I'm thinking more like a 20-23 kind of game. Last-second field goal from Robbie Gould. And if we're looking at who's going to get the points for the 49ers... I have a feeling that we're going to be looking at a player like, not Elijah Mitchell, because the defensive front from the Rams is actually very good against the run now after having a bit of a down period. We're probably going to be looking at the outside receiver here, and I'm thinking Brandon Ayuk is a good shout here for a touchdown. I think if they can get him in the slot and get him a, get him a bit of separation, I think he's going to be a very dangerous weapon for this team in this game. It's a very good spot here for Ayuk. And... I'm going to stick with the unders on the total as well for me here. I just think the physicality, the slow-down defense style from the 49ers is just going to be a little bit too much here for the Rams. I do really like the 49ers just in this specific spot because they've just been absolute road warriors for about six weeks now. They just get it done. They do it dirty. They get in your face. They play physical. And I just don't think a pretty team like the the Rams like physical, like nasty. They don't really match up well to these kind of defensive fronts. And I think this is the spot where you're going to see the 49ers get into another Super Bowl. That's going to be a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. And whoever's left doesn't match up well with the Chiefs from the NFC because Patrick Mahomes has the protection and he can just pick a defence apart. So the Chiefs probably have the easiest road to a Super Bowl right now. The Rams were able to get it done last week. It was a dirty finish. The 49ers got huge special teams play done to get in here. They dominate all three phases of football. The Rams, they're really hit and miss at times they had a really nice streak then it was a bit of a down period after a bye and they started to trend upwards again and I think right now they're right at the peak before they hit a valley uh, do I think that this is going to be a blowout no this is going to be a very tough close physical game like all divisional rivalries are and the key thing here is that it's a divisional rivalry and these guys are generally not blowing each other out this is going to be a close physical game, and I have this being plus three and a half on the 49ers. All right, like I said, this one was just going to be a quick little uh, quick little burner here for the podcast from The Better Man. This was the Playoff Conference Special. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Fade with a four and a three, as well as at Real The Fade on Instagram with four and a three as well, as well as at The Fade on TikTok and YouTube. All right, everybody, I wish your teams the best of luck if they're still playing. I also wish you the best of betting luck for your time in the conference playoffs. All right, everybody, peace out. To do a quick shout-out to our main sponsor, BetChimps.com, a place where you can go to get all your sports betting needs, news, information, as well as picks and packages. These guys have been around since 2013, are transparent and honest and they are one of the leaders of the industry. That website again is betchimps.com. Another shout out thanks you to our second sponsor, The Fade Productions. Thefadepro.com is a place where you can get all your photography and videography needs all in one place. They have great package deals, bundles, and Photoshop brushes. That website again is thefadepro.com.